because it's Friday, you ain't got no job, and you ain't got to do. You know that's the truth, sucker. Seriously. It's Friday afternoon. It's summertime. It's gorgeous outside. So much has happened in this world. So chill and hang out. Here we go now. This is it, man. We are pulling into the final hour of the 10-day contract. We are like 9.75% of the way there out of 10. Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Got a lot more I want to get to, including Pete Carroll coming up this hour. So stick with us for that. Pete called. He's a little bit late. He says he'll be here at around 2.20 p.m. So make sure you're sticking around. Pete Carroll, lots to talk about. Like, Coach, are you really confident that an NFL season is going to happen? Yes, I am. Coach, when is training camp supposed to start? Next week. Are guys really reporting? Yes, they are. I mean, I don't really understand it right now. I'm looking at Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is saying we've had all this time to try and figure this thing out, and now you're expecting rookies to report on Monday, and there doesn't seem to be real protocol in place. I'm going to talk about this as it applies to college sports in a matter of moments. But before I do, I got to give credit to the Dodgers. This goes back to the previous conversation about LZ Granderson's column, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's column, some of the, uh, the anti-Semitic hate that's being spewed by some. And I got to give credit where credit is due. Those of us who really want to affect change got to be willing to put it out there. When you're Alex Caruso and you're the only white player on the Lakers and you're saying that you're planning on wearing Black Lives Matter on the back of your jersey, bro, right arm. That is the way to do it. That's how it's done. Okay? Fearless. Just put it out there. The, the, the message that you want out there, do it. If you're LeBron, no message. Nothing resonated with me. Nobody checked with me. That's cool. I'm just going to go with James. Anthony Davis. Hey, my name is Davis. I really am proud of my name. I'm going to keep my name. You see some guys that say, hey, you know what I really would like? I'd like no name on the back of my jersey. Because if I have no name, then what that does is it just kind of makes me equal to everybody that's been on the receiving end of abuse. And if it wasn't for my name and it wasn't for this fat NBA contract, truth of the matter is I'd be just like everybody else. So I appreciate where people are coming from when dealing with this issue. But I got to give credit where credit is due. You take a look at guys like Cody Bellinger, Clayton Kershaw, Walker Bueller, Gavin Lux, Jock Peterson. I mean, I'm just naming guys, Justin Turner. I mean, there's a lot of guys, but there are like 10 Dodger guys that show up on a tweet and a message. I'm sure it's on the Dodgers website. And it's, it's all a bunch of guys saying, Hey, we're, we're doing something here. We, we want to do something. We want to raise money. We want to uh, create positive impact in the community. Let me play for you. And it starts with Kershaw. You may not recognize every voice along the way, but these are all stars of the Dodgers. Play for everybody, Brawny, if you could, the Dodger message that they sent out about all these guys wanting to affect change. Play it. For centuries, the black community has lived in a different America. Instead of addressing racism, inequality, and injustice, many of us just look away. We ignore the school-to-prison pipeline that criminalizes black children instead of connecting them to opportunities. It's easy to say racism is the thing of the past. But it's not, especially when black people don't enjoy the full protections afforded by the Constitution. As proud Americans, how much longer can we avoid an honest look in the mirror? Equality is at bat. Together, we must learn and grow. 
We don't know the exact answers. But we are committed to working, listening, and amplifying black voices to be a part of the solution. There are organizations on the ground fighting for resources that the black community deserves, and we're here to support them. It's up to each and every one of us. We can't just look away because it's uncomfortable. Loving this country means admitting it's not the same for us all. Silence is no longer an option. I'm fighting for my teammates and their families and their communities. And that is why we must unapologetically say that black lives matter. There you go. Beautiful. Brilliant. Loved it. Seriously. Loved it. And I could tell you everybody's name. I will. I'll just tell you everybody's name. Bellinger, Kershaw. You guys probably heard those guys. Walker Bueller, Kiki Hernandez, Gavin Lux, Jock Peterson, AJ Pollock, Ross Stripling, Justin Turner, and Alex Wood. They are all going to, and I guess it's really Bellinger and, and, and Kershaw that are going to do it, but they're going to match the, the money that is raised from selling these t-shirts that say in this together. They're wearing these t-shirts in the video. So the money is going to go to the California funders for boys and men of color, Southern California, our kids, our future fund. It's kind of a long name for, for a charity. But the point is, is that these guys are putting it out there. They're willing to put their face, their voice, their time, energy, and their money where their mouth is. I, I, I got to say, stand up and cheer. Way to go, Dodgers. Nice work, okay? Really, really nice work. And so when I hear uh, somebody like Kershaw say silence is no longer an option, yeah, it's like that phrase now goes, silence is defiance. Dude, everybody got to have a, a little piece of this, but I just implore everybody that is on the side of Black Lives Matter, hello, that's me. Hey, Black Lives Matter guys, Jewish Lives Matter. Come on, let's, let's, not, let's not do this now. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's not get angry at one group of people and all of a sudden focus all a bunch of anger. And most importantly, not because I don't want to be on the receiving end of it all, most importantly, because dude, you're spewing hate. Nobody wants hate. We're tr this is the time in America for all of us to come together. Hey, by the way, speaking of the Dodgers, you see Gavin Lux is now back with the Dodgers. And um, he had a Zoom call on Thursday. And uh, when people in the media started to ask him, they're like, so you've been gone here for this first period of time at the Dodgers and their workouts, and you haven't been a part of it. And like anybody in the media, your first uh, conclusion would be, well, Kenley Jansen came back and Jansen had co Corona. And so you ask Gavin Lux, like, so, yo, dude, um, you've been out for all this time. Why so? And he said, and this is a quote, it's personal information that I don't think is anybody's business. I'm here ready to go and just focused on moving forward. I'm ready to get playing. That is kind of like one of those shutdown moments where if you're in the media, you got to make a decision at that point to go back in. You want a little more or are you ready to get your head shoot off because Gavin Lux is like, not your business. I do think that for anybody, and I don't know what his personal situation was, but I do think for anybody that might have had Corona who gets asked about it, they may not want to tell people. I don't know. I'm not sure if we're all quite in this place yet where we're like, okay, so you had it. You're over it. Come shake my hand. Let's hug it out. Make sure you wear a mask. Let me make sure I have some hand sanitizer. But I don't know. Like, is there going to be this like, ooh, he had it. I don't want to be near him. So I understand the notion of saying, 
hey, it's none of your business. Um, but, you know, I mean, we're just nosy. That's kind of all there is to it. Hey, speaking of all this COVID stuff, okay, this is Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Speaking of all this COVID stuff, I'm reading that the NCAA president, guy by the name of Mark Emeritt. You probably don't know that name. It's really not critical that you do know that name. But he had an interesting quote. This is going back now to what we played earlier for you. Mike Bowen, the athletic director at USC, saying football at USC is 50-50 at best. Well, I'm reading through Mark Emeritt's quotes, and he says, and this is the quote, the data point is in the wrong direction, meaning that if your USC or UCLA or Stanford, or Cal, Arizona, Arizona State, Pac-12, if you're the Big Ten, if you're the ACC, SEC, you want to play football, but you also want to keep your athletes as safe as possible. And frankly, it doesn't look real good, does it? If the school can't have classrooms available and can't have professors face-to-face with students and everything is going online, and you mean to tell me that these student athletes are going to be granted the opportunity to work out in the facilities, to practice against one another? The fact of the matter is this. There really doesn't seem to be any sort of protocol across the board for the NCAA and particularly for football. By the way, the freaking NFL can't get it together, okay? If the NFL, with all their money, all their power, and all their high-priced superstars can't take care of their guys to the point where Patrick Mahomes is airing them out on Twitter, how's college football going to do this? How are you possibly going to have 100 guys on a college football team all living there and Five guys go here for dinner and five guys go there for dinner and 10 guys go to work out and then everybody's practicing amongst each other and this guy was with his girlfriend and this guy went to visit his parents. I mean, there's no possible way that you can bubble all of these teams and even if you could just bubble each individual team NBA style, the likelihood that you could control all of these kids is highly unlikely. And I can just tell you from my own personal experience, because I've told you this story, here's my daughter, a freshman, going to college in Tennessee who's a soccer player. They had these kids um, last Friday report they did the COVID test. They take their temperature. And frankly, they're living together. They're running on campus. They're kind of practicing on their own. There's, I'm, I'm not trying to air out the coach or the school. I'm kind of not saying names. But dude, I'm serious. Like there's just no oversight whatsoever. So when I hear the president of the NCA say the data point is going in the wrong direction, of course it's going in the wrong direction. There's no oversight. I don't know how college sports will happen. I believe the NFL will attempt to power through. That's why the Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans are telling their rookies to show up on Monday or be fined. But I don't think college sports is going to find their way back. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I do. I hope I'm wrong. I hope the NBA teaches everybody in sports that if you really want to do it right, come follow our model. MLS is essentially trying to follow the model and they kicked out teams that had infections. I'm hoping that the NBA is truly the model or maybe, maybe it's major league baseball. Really? I mean, major league baseball is willing to do it outside of a bubble. So it's really an interesting time. Pete Carroll is coming up. He's coming up around the corner. I'd be curious to hear what Pete thinks what his opinions are, or perhaps what he knows about the future of the NFL season when his players are supposed to report. Let's find out together. Pete Carroll is on the way. This is Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN.
little more from Hamilton. I have pretty much used this over the last two weeks, not because I intended to weave it into the show, hardly. It's just that in all seriousness, I've been trying to watch Hamilton. I want to see it on a big stage. I want to see it in a theater. And I told you I was going to review it for you before I got out of here. Today is 10-day contract time. We got 40 minutes and change, and then it's 10-day contract comes to an end. I got to give you my opinions on Hamilton. They're coming up. Hey, I'll tell you right now, I give credit to the Dodgers. I really do. I think that to put out a statement the way these guys have uh, in support of Black Lives Matter, in support of raising money and matching those funds, those guys are in the zone this week. They really are. Uh, the Dodgers are in the zone, brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Did I weave that in? I mean, I kind of weaved that in. Uh, Pete Carroll is on the way. He'll be brought to you on the Progressive Insurance Pennzoil Performance Hotline. I'm just mixing them all in. Shell Pennzoil Performance Line and ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Pete Carroll is on the way. And yeah, I'll have a couple of comments about uh, about the show Hamilton coming up in just a matter of moments. Pete Carroll is one of my favorite people, and I'm going to tell you why. When you do what I do, um, which is cover NFL football, particularly on big games, Monday night football games. I'm not making it seem like, ooh, they put me on the big games. This is Monday night football on radio. They're all big games, okay? And and you may think to yourself, Al Michaels on Sunday night football with Chris Collinsworth is the real big game. But I'm just telling you, when you're there and it's the only game and it's usually a, a pretty big game because the NFL has tried to arrange it that way, um, it, it's, it, it's a very exciting thing to do. Of all the coaches in the NFL... There's one guy, Pete Carroll, who you can actually talk to before a game. Like, I've walked up to Mike Tomlin to just try and say, hello, good luck, wish you well. I mean, stay away. I mean, Mike Tomlin is giving you the anger face, man, the eyes, like breathing fire, dude, like stay away. Bill Belichick, also, like you, you can imagine. Could you, could you imagine walking up to Bill Belichick, really not knowing him, him not knowing you? You imagine walking up to Bill Belichick on a field before a game, like, hey, coach, hey, it's me, Scott from West Rouen. How you doing? Hey, good luck tonight, coach. And he's like, who are you? Get away from me. But Pete's different. Pete is just a completely different breed of person. A couple of years ago, Seahawks are playing the 49ers, big game. And um, before the game, I'm standing on the field, and Pete is having a catch with his son. And his son's a young adult, and he's probably on the goal line, and Pete's probably on about the 30-yard line, and they're whipping the ball to each other, right? And I come up to say, hello, how are you? How's it going? Just exchange pleasantries because I know that we can have this conversation. And I'm, I'm going back with Pete a long, long time. I mean, my most embarrassing moment in the history of my radio career is probably 2001 or two, somewhere in that neighborhood, doing an interview with Pete Carroll, right? In the middle of the interview, I get sick. Don't ask me why I throw up all over the studio. I mean, all over my microphone, all over my papers, my computer. I throw up all over. I run to the bathroom. I clean my face off. I come sit back down. Pete's like, yeah, and I think that, uh, you know, I think, um, you know, uh, yeah, I think Carson Palmer's going to have a nice, nice year. And I'm like, okay, great. Yeah. So I was thinking, coach, I mean, I literally pick up the conversation after cleaning up all the puke all over myself. So I go back. I, I'm, what I'm saying to you is long time relationship. Okay. Pete's calling me on my cell phone right now. He's calling me. He's calling me right now. All right, hold on. Let's do this on the air. Hold on. Hey, Coach, how you doing? I'm on the air. How are you? Well, we're going to call you. Can we call you right now? 
Okay, we're going to call you right now. All right. Now, Brawny and Bergman, that, that is, that, that's producing live on the fly, dude. Well, you can do it. You can do it. So Pete's ready to go. So here's the, the final part of the story. So, so Pete is having a catch with his son. I come up. I'm like, hey, let me get in. So now he hands me the ball, and I whip it down to his son, and then the son throws it back to me, and I give it to Pete, and he throws it. And, back, and now the next thing you know, the guy's in the booth. Kevin Harlan and Kurt Warner are like, is Kaplan having a catch with Pete? And they videotaped it and then posted it on Facebook. Like, there's nobody in the NFL, no coach, can you walk up to before a game and have that sort of conversation and have a catch? Just, that's Pete. That's who Pete Carroll is. So if you're a Pete Carroll fan, it should be any second now, we'll get Pete on the air. Um, it's not game day. But you can still feast like it is. Meet Church's new five-buck campfire smokehouse chicken, our fan favorite with a new campfire flavor, plus mashed potatoes and a biscuit. Church's bringing that down-home flavor, offer valid at participating locations. Uh, Brawny, how are we doing? We ready? You let me know. Because I have a lot I'd like to talk to Pete Carroll about, and I really want to get him on the air. And I'm, I'm going to have to assume that that's what's happening right now. All right, here is the coach of the Seattle Seahawks, Pete Carroll on Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Thank you, Coach. I appreciate your time today. What's happening, Scott? How are you doing? I'm doing great, Coach. How are you? I'm doing okay. We're doing just fine. I'm not complaining. Uh, getting ready for a little football here. Trying to get this thing rolling. Yeah. Tell me what the deal is. I mean, when do you expect guys to show up? Well, we're still waiting for official word here. Um, we have not been getting uh, uh, the... the the smoke's not out of the Vatican here yet, you know, from the league and the, and the players and their talks and all that. However, uh, CBA shoots us towards the 28th, and that's kind of we're all zeroing in on that day as the vet, the day the vets could, could show up. And, and uh, so that's kind of what we're aiming at until we know more. Yeah. And our rooks are kind of sitting around that. They're, they're working around that a little bit with us. Yeah, because I've been – obviously there's stories in the media now, Coach, about the Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans, the two teams that are expected to kick the season off. Their rookies are supposed to report on Monday. And I'm just thinking to myself, okay, well, you know, everybody in football, coaches or players, want to and expect to play. But are we ready? I would ask you that. Are we ready? Well, we, we have to be ready. You know, Scott, we're as ready as we can get at this time. You know, I'm, I've been saying for a while now that we need to take all the time to do it right. Is it much as possible so that we take care of everybody because we have to protect the people and make sure everybody's safe and all of that as best we possibly can. So whatever time that takes, let's take it. If that means we got to hold back, we hold back. Uh, I know that I've been talking to a lot of clubs and, and some guys are more antsy than others and, and uh, it kind of depends on the makeup. It's kind of like the states. The states get to do what they want to do and, and uh, some of that's worked out and some of that hasn't. <laughs> so we wish everybody the best and we're gonna, we have a schedule that we're working on and I'm not going to rush our guys get here uh, until we make sure that we're really clear and, and right on, on all of the procedures. And we have a lot of procedures that, that add to the situation because of uh, the virus and, and all that control stuff that we got to do. And, uh, but once we get in, once our guys are officially in camp and we're all cleared and the transition has been made, then we're, we'll be rocking and rolling. So we're are not you, too far off. Yeah. Are you finding yourself coach, like thinking about guys coming in for camp and then leaving and going home and then wives and children and where those folks have been and then everybody comes back i mean it's just got to be something that you've never had to deal with obviously before no scott there's so much stuff um there's just so many 
logistic issues that we have. But no, I don't see our guys coming and going. They, not at all. We're going to do the best we can at bubbling our, our environment and making sure we protect the heck out of it. And, and depending on the situations of the guys with their families, are they here in town? Are they out of town coming in? When people come to town and people, you know, now say they come to visit or whatever, shoot, they got to go through their own protocol. They, we we got to make sure that we do do a good job there because there's just too much at stake to, to be loose-fitting uh, in, in any of those areas. So everybody's going to have a great conscience. Uh, the same kind of conscience that helps you to be a great teammate is going to d- extend here in, in this regard also, and we just have to be really tuned in, and, and that's what all of the work is, is, has been for uh, to be prepared for all of that. We're talking to Pete Carroll, the head football coach of the Seattle Seahawks on Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN LA. Coach, um, I'm curious, when you think about what's happened in our country, and, and I mean the COVID part of it, you're up in Seattle. Um, from the very beginning, Seattle was one of the real epicenters of, of COVID. I'm curious, yeah. what, what has life been like for you, the father, the husband, the coach, the mentor? I mean, over this period of time where you couldn't do your job the way you normally would, but also where you might have found yourself home more frequently i'm just curious what has life been like through covid quarantine in seattle yeah we were coming back from the combine when uh when stuff started happening and this was ground zero right here in kirkland just across the the, the way from where we are here in bellevue and uh you know I, I just couldn't fathom that the entire united states could all come right down to across the street here you know <laughs> in the in the focus of it but that's that's where we were um and and we you know we that's a whole story in itself but uh, from that point forward, um, we're in a very progressive area. Uh, this is an area that's really that, that can activate. It's a really smart area, and, and people care, and, and it's important to them. And, and the governor and the mayor here, and they, they reacted, you know, and, and they reacted in ways that got us to shut things down and, and close things off and, and really put a stop to what looked, looked like a, in a, horrible, a horrible outcome. And at least we managed it. And they're still they're still fighting and struggling now. As you know, all of the influence to reopen and all that that didn't work at all. And and uh, that's that's been you know that's still an issue for everyone around the country. And we're figuring it out. But but I you know I've got 15 people in my family here. You know, in town and you know kids, the the, the adults and and uh, so that's the immediate concern. Is you know my wife and I and our kids and 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 doing taking care of that that part but then it's we've got an extended family of, our, of you know the hundreds of people that are involved in our, in our franchise and their players and their families and, and their kids and and all that that we've been concerned about since the start so and it has kept us at home a lot you asked about that i have been around home a lot we have learned how to to interact on uh in, in our zoom calls we have we've developed an extraordinary ability as a staff and as a as a team to function that way. And, and as everybody in the world has found, you know, you can work remotely more than you ever thought. And, and we have become, and, and I'm really grateful for it because now we're going to, we're going to be in the zoom mode when we get to camp as well. And uh, we're going to utilize that as much as possible. So we have all just had an extended relationship. Well, that coupled with what happened in, in, in our communities and in, in the, the, all of the, the, the racial awareness that has, has that has jumped again uh, to to the front has brought uh, opportunities for our players and our people in our organization to interact and to work through you know all of the, unco- the uncomfortable stuff we had to to figure out and and just the pain and the agony of all of it and the death that occurred so many things Scott that we've worked with that 
interestingly, and I don't know if this, how this would have been otherwise. I only know this way. But interestingly, as we communicated with the people in our organization and our players, and they communicated well amongst ourselves, there was so much opportunity to share our stories and to share our concerns and, and, to, and to speak on the issues that were at hand. And when a guy was talking, he was the only guy on the screen, and we were listening. And, and there was a really tremendous amount of interaction there that took place um, of great depth and great meaning that, um, that I think we've all benefited from in really hard times. And then we've also, you know, uh, you know, also, it's, it's, we've just learned so much. So as we move forward, it's going to be incredible what's going to happen. Uh, I think we're farther along and deeper than we've ever been in the offseason because of the times, and hopefully we can do really good work with all of that. Well, that's really interesting to hear you talk about that. We're talking to Pete Carroll here on Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. On that note, Coach, since you brought up how things have gone from, you know, wow, COVID is literally across the street from us. I mean, we're at ground zero to what happened in Minneapolis, and what's happened subsequently in America. You've been quoted as saying that you regret not signing Colin Kaepernick. Interesting quote, especially today. Why, why have you said that? Well, that was, you know, it was years ago when, we, when the opportunity came up. Mm-hmm. And at the time, it, did, it just didn't fit. And, and all, but I, now that I realized how, how on point he was, one, but also the fact that he, he didn't find his way back into the league. I wish I would have given him the chance, to just, just because he deserves to be playing, you know, and he, he would love to play. I don't know where he is about playing football now and, and all that, but um, I just wish that somebody would have given him the opportunity, and I had a chance, and I didn't do it. You know, that, so you know, I, mean, I just openly said I, I regret the fact that he didn't get his opportunity to get back in the game like he wanted to, and, and uh, it just didn't work out at the time. I don't regret at the time of the decision. I regret the fact that this young man didn't have a chance to, to do the things that he wanted to do. And and, uh, and w- the truth of, of his clarity is so obvious. It's so, it's so obvious. I mean, obvious enough which it shook the NFL, and they, came, they, they made a turnaround, you know, and a lot of people made a turnaround. Not enough people have made a turnaround. And, and all of the issues that have come up about, about our, our racial injustice and, and, and the inequalities that we deal with and we see all around uh, that aren't responded to and that are systematically not dealt with, obviously, the whole voting thing, all the stuff that we're, that's out there, it's so crazy. Um, you know, Colin was, Colin was he, he wasn't the only one. He was one of the ones that obviously jumped up at the time, at his time, that was most obviously on point. And so that, that, that's kind of what the thought is about that. Coach, it's great to hear from you. really is. I appreciate the time. I know that it's been a pain. I'm like hounding you. I apologize for all of that. But thank you for being available. And it's great to talk to you. And I hope I get a chance to see you during this NFL football season. Yeah, well, somehow we'll figure that out. Maybe we have to do it virtually, too. I'm glad I could help you out and appreciate it. Say hey to BR for me. You got it. Done deal. There you go. Pete Carroll, head football coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Hey, look, we've got another full weekend of golf ahead of us. And even though the trophy is reserved for the winner, the big cash prizes don't have to be. To add to the excitement, DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, is putting you in the center of the action with a free shot at the $1 million top prize for your first deposit. It's really easy to play. You just pick six golfers. Stay under the salary cap. By the way, Tiger, it looked like earlier, wasn't even going to make the cut. Uh, submit your lineup before the tournament tees off on Thursday, which was yesterday. Sit back follow the action more red numbers uh, on the leaderboard and you are going to be close to winning some real green rack up the points for pars birdies finishing position and more so here's what you do download the DraftKings app now use the code bristol to sign up 
This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action at a free shot of the $1 million top prize. That code is Bristol, and you can get a free shot at $1 million only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for the details. Hey, Pete Carroll, thank you, Coach. Appreciate that. Uh, Really do. This is one of my favorite people in the NFL. And one thing I took from Pete Carroll that I stole from him, I'm talking to him before a game, and I said, Coach, is it me or is everybody around you, your general manager, your assistant coaches, everybody around you seems to be about 20 years younger. And he said to me, he said, if you want to keep up with me, you better be about 20 years younger because it's going to take an awful lot of energy. I have completely adopted that in my real life. Seriously, you want to keep up? You're going to have to be like 20 years younger. Thank you, Pete Carroll. It is great to talk to you. Coming up, Bergman and Bronstein, the law firm of, these guys are going to tear apart the show for the last time, and then we're going to cross-talk with Mason in Ireland. We're almost to the end of the 10-day contract. It's Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. I promised you I was going to review Hamilton before I left. I did promise this. Hey, Geico is now offering a 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies. Visit geico.com for more. It's Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Crosstalk with Mason in Ireland right around the corner. This guy's the best. Pete Carroll was just here. You like this one, huh, Bergman? Uh, Pete Carroll <laughs> was just here. My bad. No, no, it's all right. Pete Carroll was just here. And, you know, it was really interesting what Pete just said. And I'll, and I'll talk about Hamilton in a second. But it was interesting what Pete said. He goes, you know, I'm not complaining. You know, he was talking about how the, the virus, you know, the epicenter was really right across the street from the Seahawks facility. And he's like, I'm not complaining. You know, we had to learn how to do things differently. I am not complaining. And coach, I, I completely hear you. Let me tell you guys something. I'm going to just get raw here for a second, and then I'll get to this Hamilton review. So let me tell you that, that when you take somebody like me and you say, hey, Kaplan, would you like to host for two weeks for 10 days on 710? The answer is, yeah, when? Immediately. Yes, 100%, 1,000%. 1, I would love to be on the airwaves of ESPN 710. I want Jody Watley to follow me on Twitter. It happened. So the thing is, though, it takes a lot, man. And again, like Pete Carroll, I'm not complaining. Bergman and I, every morning, 6.30 a.m. sharp, we're texting. And by you know 6.45, we're on the phone. We're discussing what's going on, what's happening, right? By 7.30, I'm now into my other business. You know, when you are on the radio for all these years and then you get off the radio and you spend a year off the radio, um, if you listen to Twitter trolls, you're unemployed. If you are, if you're working on another business, you got something else going on. I've been telling you guys now for about the better part of a week. I started an app. Well, it didn't start as an app. It started as, as a piece of paper. And then the piece of paper turned into a website. And then the website literally within the last two weeks turned into a mobile app, both on Apple and on, on Google Play. The, the app is called Sided Debates, S-I-D-E-D, Sided Debates. So Bergman at 6.30. I meet with my team at 7.30. I got engineers in India. I've got a guy who's a developer in Romania. I've got one guy up in San Francisco. I mean, literally on a Zoom call with people around the world just about this debate app called Sided. And so then now by 10 o'clock in the morning, I'm working with my guys, the guys who've been producing my podcast for all this time. My man, Grande Alejandro Padilla, representing the 805 Oxnard in the house. And my man, John Browner, bringing the street cred six foot seven inches of twisted steel and sex appeal. So literally from 630 in the morning with Bergman 
to 7.30 in the morning with the sided debates team, to 10 a.m. with my own production crew, to 11 o'clock with Brawny and crew and getting everybody ready, and then bang, we're on the air at 12 and we're off the air at 3. This has been like the NBA bubble of sports talk radio. It has been a full-blown two-week sprint. And, and it's coming to an end here after we get done with crosstalk with Mason and Ireland. But I'm just describing all of that for you because I want you to know how much I appreciate Bergman, Bronstein, the extended family, Chris Morales, obviously the leader of the crew, Amanda Brown. Guys, I'll tell you my thoughts on Hamilton, but I want to just say a big thank you to you guys, to my guys, and to all of the listeners out there because this has been a freaking blast. Thanks, Crickets. man. It was fun. Crickets. We, That's enjoy, it. Nothing. Enjoyed having you on. I, you know, I was letting you just roll. You were going through it so well. But yeah, it was. We enjoyed having you do these two weeks, and I didn't mind getting up at six thirty and having those phone calls with you. So it was. Uh, it was always a good time. Yeah, and again, I just want to say because I'm going to run out of airtime, and I got to just you know I got to Steve Mace in this situation. Mace will appreciate this. Um, I got to just tell everybody listening: do me the favor, do your boy the favor download my app it's on apple it's on android sided debates mason says he wins every debate i can't find him on there i think he's just talking crap sided debates meet me there okay hamilton hamilton i win every debate scott every single debate i win i know you say that i do know you say that but i okay so what's with the hamilton it's taken you a long time to get to this review here's why let me tell you what happened steve I went last night. I went onto my Apple TV to try and find Disney Plus. I couldn't find it. I come said, on. I'm, I said, I'm not going to quit, man. I'm not going to just give up and come on the air tomorrow, being today, and saying things like, well, you know, I couldn't find Disney Plus, so I'm not going to watch it. So what I did was I downloaded the app on my phone, and then I airplayed it to my television. And I will tell you, this all started last night at 9 p.m. 9 p.m. 9 o'clock. It's a three-and-a-half-hour show. Right, right. Well, the first scene, my daughter hears it from downstairs. She comes running. Oh, my God, I love this scene. I love it because I've already seen this play. I was in L.A. I saw it. It's great. And I'm watching it. I'm going, this is awesome. It's beautiful. The songs are amazing. The, the, the whole concept of this. By the way, schmuck, I feel like so stupid. I'm not even sure, historically speaking, who Alexander Hamilton is. I, I had to look this morning. Hey, I, I'll tell you. Let, let me be honest. I, I knew none of the history none of, of this. I, the only thing I knew is that there was a duel between Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton. But I had no idea what Alexander Hamilton did. I didn't know he was an immigrant. I didn't know, I didn't know he was uh, Secretary of the Treasury. Nothing. I knew nothing about Alexander Hamilton. Be, be honest. Be honest. You, knew that, you only knew about the duel because of the commercial. The, the commercial, the mil- the got milk the, commercial. Yeah, the got milk commercial. Aaron Burr. I, uh, That's s- how you knew about that. Hey, Cap- <laughs> yes. Kaplan, I have really bad news for you. Yes, sir. I just got a text from Tim McCarthy, our big boss. Yes, sir. He said, anyone who can't figure out how to download Disney Plus can't work at ESPN. Today is your last show. But what I did was, I listen. But what I did was, I was smart. I was wise enough to say, okay, look, it's not on my Apple TV. I can't find it. I'm going to no, download competitors, I'm, Apple and Disney. I did, I'm downloading on my phone. But yeah, but you know, John, you say that they're competitors, but there's lots of other Disney apps already on Apple TV. And so I downloaded the Disney Plus app. I paid the $6.99. Oh, man, and, you got to get the bundle. The well, Hulu, do, the Hulu, yeah, you ESPN get Hulu Plus, and ESPN Plus. What Disney are you doing? Plus. 
I got to cut the cord. You're such a rookie. Oh, you're like Bergman. Bergman pays for nothing. I know. I got to cut the cord. I got to stop. I, the, the reason I'm afraid to cut the cord is because I feel like all my high-speed internet is going to go away if all of a sudden I cancel my cable and the, the landline that I don't have. So anyway, I just want to tell you guys that I think Hamilton is incredible. I think the music, the dancing, the costumes, the blocking, I mean, every aspect to this show is incredible my only gripe is not with the show it's with myself how could i not have seen this in the theater in Can I fact give you the honest answer to that yeah it priced everyone out it's re- it was it, really expensive it, it became tickets became incredible i go to every broadway show scott and i never saw it in the theater because the cheapest tickets and i go to new york twice a year uh, the cheapest ticket I could ever find was north of four hundred bucks. It got it. It was truly a show for the one percent. You could only get tickets if you had a lot of money, and and that's why it's so great that it's on Disney Plus because now everybody can see it. Yeah, you don't beat yourself up over not going in the theater. It, you you would have paid it, especially if you would have taken your kids. You would have paid an arm and a leg. For Although it. judging by all the businesses that you have on the side, your app and your podcast and all that <laughs> stuff, it sounds like you got plenty of plenty of dough, Scott. Well, it's, it's actually inaccurate, but here's the thing. What I would do is I would never pay. I mean, I would, I would absolutely try and find some way in, dude. I'd have to use all of my years. Oh, of, I uh, did. You did? <laughs> I did try and find a way. That was the ticket that you could not, you could not conquer. Yeah, John's got a ton of angles that he can play. He's gotten into some really exclusive stuff over the years. Uh, he saw the Larry David play. He saw the Brian Cranston play. I mean, these are really tough tickets. John, uh, John is really good at working angles. Particularly, Scott, with the original cast, which is what you saw mm-hmm. on the on the Disney Plus thing with Lin Manuel Miranda and David Diggs and Leslie Odom. When those guys were cooking, when word got out, and when they won eleven Tonys, you couldn't get in. You just couldn't. Can you tell me more about the the guy you just mentioned? His name. He's the guy who wrote it produced it and also was the lead he was alexander hamilton what yeah, is lin manuel miranda he's okay. actually had a pretty successful career and by the way he's got another movie coming it's already done it's called in the heights that he wrote before hamilton now i'll tell you in the heights was his first musical i saw it three times uh, i saw it once in la and twice in new york it's i think it's better than hamilton well apparently this kid that plays the lead in in the heights is spectacular and they, they've got it. They've got it done. And they're just holding it because they want to put it in theaters. Like you always talk about, Mason, now is not the time to, to release a movie. anything in theaters. So they're yeah. just waiting. But, Scott, he's he's like uber talented. Unbelievable genius. Is there a backstory, though? Because now here's me. He's Puerto I'm just, Rican. He's been, he's been on the Broadway scene for a long time. But he's did actually you say why? In, in why why Hamilton? Why Alexander Hamilton? What he, was it I about know him this. historically? I actually know this story. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda was a gigantic fan of The West Wing, the TV show. Mm-hmm. And he started watching it, and he noticed the cadence in which all the characters talk. And he started studying history, and that's the road he went down. And he's, he, he's a good rapper, obviously. And he, he just started putting it together, and it just came to him. And then, and then he got the right people. I mean, like Leslie Odom and David Diggs just jump off the screen. Yeah, everything. yeah. But There's was, um, really which good. one is David Diggs? Which With one the, is the the one who played Thomas Jefferson? Jefferson and uh, Lafayette in the first half of the show. Who was the, the, the guy? With the big hair. Okay, who was the guy who played the king? 
That's, that's a Jonathan, Jonathan Groff. Groff. He's oh my been god, in, he's been he in. Great. Well, he's been in plays since he was ten years old. Yeah, I mean, I saw him in Spring Awakening. I've seen him in a bunch of shows. The only thing, did you notice he spits when he sings? Yes. No, oh, no, yeah. well, but especially disgusting, especially in the movie. In the movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. All he does is. It's like you don't need to spit. It's not like you're singing some. Dr- it's it's a light piece of comedy. You don't. His vocal range was was so great. interesting to me. He's also on that uh, show Mind Hunter on uh, Netflix, the David Fincher show. Don't know that show. Oh it, uh, well, apparently he, he was. He's been in a bunch of stuff that's been really, really good. He was in Boss with Kelsey Grammer. He's he's been he Mace. He was on Glee. Yeah, Jonathan Groff. He he's been that 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 kid's been around. I'll tell you guys that that show though. I mean, and I don't know what you think is like your favorite Broadway show, and and you go to these shows and the costumes and the music and the singing, and and you're just so fascinated by these actors. And it's not just the leads; it's like everybody else who's around that has a role that that it's it's important. They're they're role players. Scott, can I give you another one that'll yeah. literally change? I, I I gave it to Mason two weeks ago, and I'm, I'm absolutely shocked that Mason hasn't seen it. Have you ever seen Book of Mormon? I have not seen Book of Mormon. It will. It is so. It's written by the guys who wrote South Park, uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker. Uh, it won ten Tonys. It is the dirtiest, filthiest, funniest play I have ever seen. I cannot recommend it highly enough. It is so over the top dirty that <laughs> that you can't. I sent Mason one he, lyric. One lyric, show. and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Anyway, you're making this up. It's, it's, I, a, I, it's I, I felt I felt offended just listening to the words as I read them. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. <laughs> but go see Book of Mormon if you ever get a chance. It's unbelievable. But you know, John is Broadway John. That's yeah. his nickname. I go to everything, Scott. If it's on, if it's on Broadway, I'm there. Were you a high school thespian? There's no business like show business. I wasn't actually. I wish I was. I was. I, I played basketball in high school. I, you know, I wrote for the pay. I, I had no time, but I wish I, I wish I could have done that. I ended up uh, getting accepted to Yale Drama School. I always thought I would be an actor. actor. What happened? Uh, I ran into uh, radio and uh, weed and happened. <laughs> weed, yeah, exactly. Steve, weed this and radio. Me. This one thing I must, I must say. Uh, it fascinates me about what you do on radio. Weed is legal in, in California. Yeah. But, but you may be the only guy that I know, and it cracks me up, that openly talks about weed on the air. Well, because he's honest. Nobody else is honest. There, everybody else on the air is doing it. Except <laughs> yeah. Mason's the only one talking. I about try it. to be honest about everything. I mean, yeah. I, I've I've talked about uh, smoking weed. I've talked about uh, bipolar disease. I've talked about being gay. All that stuff. It's like just let it all hang out, man. Yeah. Just like let it go. Yeah. The the um, bipolar thing and gay. I thought, well, okay, that's really awesome because you're talking about things, and there aren't that many gay sports talk gay radio bipolar host. talk show gay, <laughs> gay bipolar weed addicted talk show <laughs> but but the weed thing what i thought was i was like but it's espn so i kind of thought that maybe maybe that might be the one breaking point but i guess it's it, it's not hasn't hasn't broke yet give yeah. it time scott we could get the same memo you get at the end of the show today you never know <laughs> 
you absolutely <laughs> never know. So what are you going to do now that you're not going to have this to fill your days starting next week? Yeah, are you going well, back to sided or what are you doing? Well, yeah. So, you know, listen, it, it's one of these things where um, because when I got knocked off the radio in, in 2019, April of 2019, there had been other opportunities, but I wasn't leaving Southern California. And so um, I started my daily podcast, not because I thought this was going to become a business. It was just like a bridge. I didn't know what to do. And so I, I decided to keep podcasting. And I got kind of lucky because now the guys who work on the podcast, you talk about the time of, in, in the world to have this cast of characters, me, middle-aged Jewish guy, and I got two 30-somethings, Hispanic guy, black guy, and the three of us talk deep about these social issues and we're honest and we're open and we're raw and we disagree a lot and so the daily podcast is something i'll go back to um i will say that yes cited which is a business that have you guys ever tried to raise money for a company have you ever done that before yeah sure i mean it i raise money to build movie theaters it is as you know then steve it is a headache it doesn't matter yep. if you're well, trying especially to raise in a pandemic Right. It, but it doesn't matter if you're trying to raise $100,000 to, to buy a restaurant or you're trying to raise $10 million because you're trying to, I don't know, you know, uh, solve for COVID. The point is, it doesn't matter how much money you're trying to raise. Raising money is always difficult. And the I've, hardest part is coming up with a business plan that makes sense to people. And and also selling hope because, you know, everything that is called a projection is something that we think is going to happen. And you can just yeah. look at the chargers by way of example. We project this much in PSL sales, but we really fell way short, which is why the Rams have to go back to the NFL and ask for more and time. Ask and ask for more money. money. Exactly. Right. But raising money has been a very difficult thing, and it requires a lot of time. It requires a lot of kissing butts. And so I'm going to get my, my, my chapstick on, and next week I'm going to go back out on the streets because, yeah! because dude, hey, once you get to a finish line, that's really just the next starting line. So I'm going to do that, and I'm going to chill. And then, um, as you guys are probably aware, I'm going to talk to ESPN and see what maybe if there could be a future. And if there is, then uh, then I'll be back. And if there isn't, then uh, I'll, I'll crawl back under the rock with which I came out of. Well, I, for one, support Scott Kaplan having a future. Yeah, I have no idea why Bergman is firing you after two weeks. This yeah, what is with Bergman? As the time where you got Will Kane and stuck him on in the middle of the day. That it's was just, what, that was Greg's idea. Yeah, I, of course. Uh, uh, Bergman, what are you? Why are you doing this to Scott Kaplan? What has he ever done to you? Because I just like firing people. I mean, yeah, I know you do. Enjoy. Just love ridiculous. being a tyrant. He's like fired, a little fired, mini Trump. Fired. You know, that's what he is. <laughs> You're fired. Let's, uh, let's not. You're fired. Yeah, he will not. He will not find that the least bit funny. No, but yeah. I thought I would make him cringe before yeah. I left. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's been a few times this week and last week, but yeah, Scott, let's add one more. Right, uh, just, just fine right here. <laughs> yeah, All right, it's, Scott. Well, listen, man. Good luck with everything, and we hope we get to talk. We hope we get to work with you again. If it was up to us, you could you could stay on for for eternity. We we wish they would hire you. Well, we I, I sincerely appreciate. That. You know, we've been at it a long time together, the three of us in particular, and uh, and I really appreciate you guys. I would like to just say that I'm, I'm assuming that one of a couple of things happened this week. You know, the program director Amanda Brown. Either she decided not to listen to anything I was saying. Right. Or she decided that Will Kane had pissed off so many people that nobody was listening to me at that time of the day. Mm -hmm. But she, she has been so utterly hands off that I'm thinking to myself, she either trusts Bergman to beat me up or she just 
chose not to listen and said, forget it. He can just handle two weeks and you're, then we'll move on. You're leaving out a very important element of that story. Please. Wine. Oh. Yeah, she's in the bag. Come on, man. Don't say that. She's been. I called her the other day at one o'clock in the afternoon, and she was drinking. I mean, come on. I, 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 she, no, she actually she wasn't drinking, but she asked me when I was going to drink. So I, I think she's itching for like the rest of us to get uh, back to regular life. Do you guys drink more now? Way more. Okay, me too. I don't drink at all. Yeah, I was never really a drinker, and then all of a sudden this pandemic hit, and I became like a suburban uh, house dad who is drinking wine at 5 o'clock at night. Well, the funny thing is, if you go down my street in Manhattan Beach, if you just went by on trash day and looked at all the empty wine bottles on my street, you would make enough to start another app, Scott. You could pay for your app on the recycled wine bottles alone. I'm going to get you on the Sided Debates app, John Ireland. Steve Mason is already a crowned champion. He is winning every debate. App. That's he right. He has never been on your app. No, That's never been no I absolutely have. Uh, Scott, uh, look him up. Can't you just do a search? I can. Yeah, I look can. it in. He, he will not come up. Are we using the same uh, title, Venice Mace? Yes, yeah, same title. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to look you up. Not there. Trust okay. me. Absolutely 100% there. If Here's not, the Sided app. Uh, I just opened it. And the top uh, subject is, will Alex Ovechkin break Wayne Gretzky's record for goals? Oh, you Oy need vey. to get more topicals. Yeah, exactly. Oy yeah. vey. Get, a, Nobody... like a, get something NFL in there, man. Hey, hey, Steve, there's a great debate for you. If you go into the lifestyle section, you ready yep. for this one? This is yep. so right up your alley. You ready? Yep. Um, it says here. Here it goes. You ready? Here yep. it is. What's your favorite way to consume cannabis? Is it flour, vape, edibles, drinks, or topicals? It's interesting. Uh, it's a good question. Um, I have uh, I've gone to flour uh, for a long time. I was I was uh, vaping. What does that mean? What does flour mean? In other words, uh, you eat it? a joint. No, oh, a roll okay. a joint. Okay. Old fashioned blunt. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's that's my choice right now. It feels more natural to me, uh, and uh, and and the rest of it. Edibles are. Edibles can be so dicey because you just don't know how much you're getting. They're not regulated, so I, I, I've started to steer clear of those. Uh, topical, I do use. Um, I've used uh, topical CBD. Uh, I mean, there, there's no THC in it, but I used topical CBD before, uh, and it absolutely works. Um, and, uh, but, I, but I'm a flower guy. I got you. Well, I just tweeted to you, John Ireland, to you, Steve Mason. I want to just say thank you, Greg Bergman. Thank you, Adam Bronstein. Thank you, Chris Morales. Thank you, Amanda Brown. Thank you, George Sedano. Thank you, LZ. The whole mishbucha. Hey, listen, I got to go. Ten days is officially over. Will I see you in the future? We'll all find out together. Stay in touch on Twitter. Stay in touch on Sided. Until then, Scott Kaplan signing off on 710 ESPN. Peace.